Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. We talk Suns Clippers now, but we do it without Kawhi Leonard. There's no now for Kawhi Leonard. Bill Walton's not walking through that door. <laughs> for the love of God. <laughs> Trying to think of Clippers. is not. They haven't, you know, here's a crazy thing. They haven't had many great players in their career, in their, in their in history. In their franchise history, they really They really have. You try to go really through haven't. your Eric Piatkowski. Eric Piatkowski. You remember him? Is it Piatkowski? Piatkowski. Whatever. Whatever. He could shoot. Piatkowski, Piatkowski. I mean, God, name tomato. a great Clipper player. I mean, I, I got Paul. Chris Kamen. Chris Paul. Chris Paul, Blake Gray. Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, that team, but okay. Michael Oluwakandi. Yeah. He's not walking through that door. (laughs) They have not had a lot of great Uh, players in their history. Well, Kawhi Leonard is a great player, but they don't have Kawhi Leonard tonight. He's been ruled out with a sprained knee. It's the same. It's it's said to be a different injury than the ACL that he injured a couple of years ago, but it's the same knee. Uh, According to reports, he heard it at some point during game one and then played through it in game two. Now, I'm reading a report on TheAthletic.com from their beat writer, Law Murray, who covers the Clippers for The Athletic. And he wrote specifically, look, nobody knows if this is just a game or if this is for the whole series. But he did write, quote, expecting Leonard to be able to return healthy in this series seems like a long shot, close quote. It's exactly And, and why, if that's the case, it, right. they're done. I mean, it's you, just toast. You get, okay, he's coming off of a year in which he had surgery on his knee and play. He's back. They took care of him all year. They babied him all year. They babied him. And, and rightfully so, for this moment. Then you play the Suns in the last game of the regular season. You get an entire week off to rest. He plays two playoff games and he can't play the third? Yeah. They're done. The Clippers are done. They're finished. They're toast. The series is over. They can't win. Their best, they, their second best player is not playing in the series and their first best player can't even play in the third game because his knee's not right. They got no chance. This, this, with, with Kawhi, they had an outside chance. They still weren't going to win. I said we both said this after game one. The Suns are still going to win this series. They won game one, but without Kawhi, this this, this I mean this game this series is over in the next four games. Especially when it feels like the Suns really found their groove the last two and a half quarters of that game too, where where they were offensively not that they completely deciphered what the Clippers were doing, but they kind of figured some stuff out. They are they going to shoot that well again from the mid range? I have no idea. Probably not to that level, but certainly are they going to run their offense better than they did, you know, in game one, because they kind of figured out what the Clippers are doing. Now you take away the Clippers' best on-ball defender in Kawhi Leonard. Who the hell's going to card Kevin Durant, right? Like Who's, who's going to do? Okay, they'll go bombs away from three, but one, they got to make them all, and they still got to defend the Suns when it's all said and done. It does put them in a really tough spot. Now, that said, uh, we, we called a little bit of an audible because Gambo sent me a story just in the last few minutes here, and it was a good story on TheRinger.com and we're kind of applying it to the Kawhi Leonard situation. Okay, let's do it. Okay, and this is from, mm-hmm. well, it's from today, so it was updated with the news that Kawhi was out. The headline of the story is, the Grizzlies and the Bucks 
showed how to survive without your best player. Um, here are five lessons from their performances. Let's, okay, let's if, go over each one. See if any of these apply to the L.A. Clippers going into tonight. Number one, rely on depth. Okay, the depth is good. I mean, you can name a bunch of good play, good average to good players on the Clippers. Two stars and a bunch of average to good players. So, yes, they've got eight different. Now, if they play Covington and they play Marcus Morris, now you've added to that depth. It's it's Yes, you could do that. You could rely on eight guys, not named Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, to try to get you through a game. Seven Milwaukee Bucks players reached double figures last night with no Giannis. I think it was six Grizzlies players reached double figures with no John Morant. They were, yeah, it was six Grizzlies. Xavier Tillman Sr. started and scored a career-high 22. So depth, and obviously the Clippers have very, very good but, depth. But the, but the Grizzlies, the players that played for the Grizzlies and the players that played for the Bucks. The Clippers don't have players that are better than those guys. So they don't have a Drew Holiday. They don't have a Chris Middleton. They don't have a, you know, a Desmond, a Desmond Bain, Bain yeah. or Jackson. Or they, Jackson they don't Jr. have those point. guys. That's a really good point. Number two, care to share. And they write, one common observation from watching these games Wednesday night is how well both teams move the ball and how confidently they cut and dished. That's not to say the ball doesn't move well when John Morant or Giannis Antetokounmpo is on the court, but some teams stagnate without their stars to command the ball and the defense's attention while the Grizzlies and Bucks still played freely. I don't think the Clippers can do this without Kawhi Leonard. I really, I mean, Russell Westbrook is going to look to distribute, but I think the Suns are going to basically say, go ahead, shoot, knock yourself out. We're going to give you the shot. We're just going to take away your passing lanes. We're not going to let you create. We're not going to let you distribute. I hope that's what they do anyway, because I don't think the Clippers, without Kawhi as the focus part of the offense, I don't know if they can share the ball the way like the Bucks or the Grizzlies were able to do it. No, but they do want to take a lot of time off that shot clock, make the Suns work defensively. They don't want to shoot early. You know, you're not going to, you know, you, you know, without the threes to get in a shootout with the Suns is going to be a disaster for them. But, you know, you look at the 24 assists that the Grizzlies had on 38 made field goals. Uh, I understand what they're saying in the article. You got to move the ball. You got to share it. You got to try to get some easy baskets and cuts and things like that. Whether they can do it or not, that's a different story. Uh, in the one game, I keep referencing this game because it's really our only point of reference. In the one game the Clippers played a couple of weeks ago where they didn't have Kawhi, they didn't have Paul, but they did have Westbrook. In that game, not only did the Clippers go bonkers from the three-point line, making 22 out of 37, they did also have 28 assists on 48 made baskets. And they were led by Russell Westbrook, who had 10. Bones Highland had six. Um, they had one, two, three, four, nine guys tallied at least one assist in that game. So they did a decent job of moving it around. I just think it's going to be a little more challenging tonight. Number three on the list, score inside. No, I'm going to say that there's no way that they could do that. that that is not who. That is really not who they are. I mean, their 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 center, who's you know been in this league for a long time now. His career averages are eight point eight points a game. You're not going to score inside, okay? You're not. That's not going to be the, the 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 next one is the one that matters because this one score inside. I don't know. Maybe Russell Westbrook taking into the basket, scoring inside. But if you think you can pound a ball to Zubac all day long and have him go for thirty, that's not going to happen. Number four. 
score from the outside. Yeah, that's it. There it is. That, that is the great equalizer in this game. It's a three-point shot. And if they can knock them down the way Milwaukee did last night, it's it's the puncher's chance. You're, you're going to lose every round, but your puncher's chance is the three-point shot. Remarkably, in the two games last night with teams and uh, missing, I should say, their superstars, Memphis, not great from three. 11 to 36, only 31%. It was the Bucks that was astonishing. 25 of 49 at 25 made three-pointers in that game. Um, and I, I I just I keep saying this. I think the Clippers are going to shoot, 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 shoot. Here's where the Clippers really run into a problem, unless you think Russell Westbrook is going to have a get-off game tonight. Number five, have another star play even better. If Paul George were on the roster, you could say, okay, Paul George, you're up. Take Kawhi's spot. Play better than Kawhi. Kind of like what we saw two years ago when the Suns played the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals and Paul George had some amazing games in that series. Is Russell Westbrook the superstar on the Clippers who can step into Kawhi Leonard's vacated role? Seems very unlikely, doesn't it? I think he could score a lot of points, but I think the amount of shots that it would take him to get there is going to be astronomical. He's not an efficient scorer. He's a volume scorer, but that's him taking, you know, we rave about like Durant's, you know, 11 for 15 from the field or book is 12 for 17. I mean, for Durant to get the points that those guys get, I mean, you're talking about 20 plus shots for him to take because he misses a lot. He's not a good shooter. So I think, you know, the other guys on that team can score a little bit. You know, when Eric Gordon, Norman Powell, or Terrence Mann, they've got some guys that could score. But if Westbrook's going to be the main scorer, you're talking about a high-volume amount of shots that he's going to have to take. Funny, the story was written with a slant towards the Warriors don't have Draymond Green. How are they going to survive without him? They really don't talk about the Clippers aren't going to have Kawhi well, they, Leonard. They didn't know it, when they the story know. came they, out they, they, a couple hours out, ago. Yeah, before, before we knew about Kawhi Leonard. But just trying to take this and apply it to tonight to see what changes, if anything changes at all. So obviously tonight's game is coming up at 7.30 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, extended pregame coverage with Tim Ring begins at Six. When we come back, expectations have increased from us, Gambo and I, for the Suns not only to win tonight's game. What about three and four? What about wrapping this thing up in five? Do we expect it now? That's next on Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. Back here on the Burns and Gambo show on this Thursday afternoon. Real tight schedule for the Suns over the next couple days. They play tonight at 730 Saturday at 12.30 in Los Angeles, and then a little bit of a break before the Game 5, which is on Tuesday, which we know for sure is going to happen. Clearly, and we've been talking about it all day as we welcome you back to Burns and Gambo, Dave Burns, John Gambadero here, the tone and the complexion of this series has completely changed with the news of Kawhi Leonard. What we don't know is, is Kawhi out for a game, or is he out for the series? And I doubt we'll get a definitive answer about that anytime soon. And I say day, day to day, right? I mean, yeah. that's sort of really listed as day to day. I wouldn't I, mean, I would expect he's going to come back in this series. You would think so? I, I would think so. I would think you're probably, you know, does he come back healthy? I don't I mean, I, right now, I mean, you got to say no. Um, but I would think there's probably a strategy involved here. Look, if it was a game 7, would he be playing? Maybe he would have played. Probably. But they might be looking at this like 
we need to just split in L.A., Try to you know try to you know try to, and then get that extra day after game four. There'll be two days off. Give them a little extra time, and then hope to hope to push it to seven games. If the reports are true, the reports are that he heard it in game one and played through it in game two. Right. If that's to be believed, I mean, let's call it like it is. He played pretty darn good in game two if he was playing through a knee injury. Yeah, so right. The question to be asked is if this was a game seven. Would he be playing? I've, I mean, so, if somebody I asked that to Ty Lue, I mean, we don't know the answer, but I would, I think so too. Think, just based off of how he played in Game Two, it didn't seem like if this was a Game Seven Western Conference Finals chance to go to the NBA Finals. Does he play? Which is why, and I know nothing. All right, I, I'm not sitting here pretending like I've got sources with the LA Clippers. I don't. That's why I suspect this is a one game thing. I really do because it's not like he. It, it wasn't really obvious if you were watching the game. Right in game two, that oh look, Kawhi's hurt. You can tell he's hurt. He's totally hurt. He's totally favoring Ali. I, I didn't notice that. Maybe now in retrospect, I could go back and watch the game and say, oh yep, I see it now. He was a little bit hurt, but in real time, and then in rewatching the game that night when I got home, I didn't notice that Kawhi Leonard no, was hurt. No. So I, my best guess is he's back for game four, and they're just giving him a rest day because it's such a short turnaround. I don't know. It's just a guess. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. The question we have going into this segment is, with this news, no matter how long he's out, how much pressure does this put, maybe pressure is even the wrong word, but I'll use it anyway, how much pressure does this put on the Suns to wrap this series up quick, knowing the disadvantage the Clippers are at now because of this? I think quite a bit. I mean, I've always been told, you know, from players... That the the rest in between the two series are more important than the you know take forty four minutes down to forty. Like what the hell's the difference? So you play forty minutes, is this four more minutes really going to kill you? Now maybe over a long time it does, but you know if the Denver Nuggets are on the verge of sweeping Minnesota or winning it in five games, you don't want to go seven. You want to get rid of these Clippers as quickly as you can. Try to match up with them. Uh, you don't want to finish a game seven and then have to go play them two days later in Denver if they when they're well rested and and starting to get their mojo right now with Jamal Murray playing like he did in the bubble a couple of years ago and he had two 50-point games mm-hmm. you know, in the playoffs. So I, I think there's pressure to get it done. And I think... Look, I, I never thought that the Clippers were going to win this series even after they won game one. The only oh, thing, I didn't the only, either. The only thing either. I thought was maybe it'll be longer than I thought. I thought this was going to be quick. Quick and painless. Put them out of their misery. Mm-hmm. And then the Clippers won game one. I still thought the Suns were going to win this in five or six. I didn't even think seven. They're just a better team. And the way they played in that second game, it was just brilliant. They could play like that. The Clippers probably can't. Not without Paul George and certainly not without Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, I, look, I always had Suns in six. I, I, I assumed this series was going to be a little tougher than some people thought just because it's Ty Lue and it's Kawhi Leonard and and the Clippers are they're, they're always a they're a tough out they, they, they were they were tough out in the Western Conference Finals that they, they're always a difficult team to kind of eliminate because they just kind of have that rough edge to them that, that and a lot of that was Pat Bev now my expectation has changed for this series a little bit now what I don't remember what I don't remember the answer to let's say the Denver Nuggets wrap up their series quick and the Suns wrap up their series quick but the other two series are extended and take a while. Do the Suns Nuggets start even though the other series are still going or do they both kind of wait 
until everybody's ready to start round two, you know? And I don't remember the answer to that question. Because I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Denver might make very quick work of the T-Wolves. And it would behoove the Suns to make quick work of the Clippers to keep up with Denver, unless Denver and the Suns are both going to have to wait for the Grizzlies-Lakers series, which might go seven, right? Or or for the Warriors-Kings series, which we'll see what happens tonight. Maybe that series gets extended. Do the Suns have to wait until those other teams are done it's with their question. series? And I don't the, know the answer. The only thing we know about this year for sure is that the NBA Finals Game 1 starts on June 1st. And then Game 2 is June 4th. And then June 7th. Two games in between. Two days off in between. Then they play uh, June 9th and then 12th, 15th, and 18th. So that that we we know for sure. The second round, I don't know that I know the second round. I just know the key. The June 1st, the NBA Finals are going to start. Now, whether it's whether we know the second round or not, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, if you, you know, you're asking. I don't know the answer to that. If I try to look for it quickly, I don't know if I'd be able to find it. So I'm not sure that we know when the second round's supposed to start. Yeah, I, I, I know at some point I had like the schedule of when the second round's supposed to start, when the third round's supposed to start, and, and I can't, I can't find it. I don't have it here in front of me, so I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, in some ways, it doesn't matter. Look, if the, whenever the second round starts, if if the Nuggets wrap up their series quickly against Minnesota, and you don't. Don't. It doesn't matter when the second round. So they're going to get a break that you're not right. Like they're they're going to get. So even if the series doesn't start right away between the Suns and the Nuggets, if the Nuggets win and they can sit around for a week, you kind of want to be able to do the same thing if you're the Suns, right? To kind of right. mimic what they're doing, so you're not the one in the quick turnaround situation like they are. And I don't know. I'm I'm thinking Minnesota will will give Denver a little bit more of a fight when that series shifts back to Minnesota. But uh, I don't Denver know. Denver looks really good right uh, they now. They do. They, they look do. good. There was a lot of concerns about them at the end of the season with the way they. Were playing. Remember, they weren't playing very good. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jokic wasn't playing very well. And they just, I think they just got, you know, end of the season. They weren't very motivated. They kind of got bored and they, they weren't playing very well. And the coach ripped them, ripped them good, like, he, like he's done at times. And, uh, but then they've come out these first two games against the T Wolves and they're taking care of business yeah. really well. If they look, there's, uh, there's nobody on this, on the Clippers roster that I fear there isn't. There is one guy on the staff that I fear, and that's Ty Lue. He's such a good coach. Now, he's bringing a knife to a gunfight. I'm not saying he's got the roster to be able to make chicken salad out of you-know-what, all right? But if there's one coach who can maximize what he's got to make it competitive, I feel like Ty Lue's on that short list. Ty Lue's good enough to be able to, okay, this is what I got. Let me figure out a way to make it work and be at least competitive in these games. That, I think, is the one advantage the Clippers really have going into this Kawhi Leonard-less stretch yeah, that I, they have. I really like Ty Lue. Yeah, I think that there's... I think what you worry about, if anything, is you don't want it to be... Where the Suns have to work so damn hard, and then with five minutes left in the game, the Clippers are hanging around before you put. The Suns are going to win this game tonight. I mean, they have to win this game tonight. They do. They have to. They're going to. It's just a matter of is it easy where you could rest starters in the fourth quarter, or do you go into the fourth quarter up six points and like you don't get to rest anybody because they're hanging around and you're not playing? Because you know this. If it's a close game, we're going to come in here tomorrow and be like, I can't believe that was a close game. Why didn't they just like? Exactly what we're going to be. They're like. playing a bunch of average role players. Like they don't have any. Like they, that team has two stars, and neither one of those stars is playing. Like if they're able to hang around and make the Suns work harder than they needed to, 
that might be a conversation. Suns are still going to win. I like. I don't think there's any scenario we come in here tomorrow. We talk about the Suns losing. They're they're, they're, they're playing a minor league team. If if we're in here tomorrow and we're talking about the Suns losing, something went horribly, horribly, horribly wrong today. Uh, and and I, I still think I asked you this question earlier, and it's it's a tough question to answer because it really cuts both ways defensively. I don't know how on earth the Clippers are going to be able to stop the Suns from getting whatever they want, whenever they want offensively. I really don't. I, I mean, this could be the Kevin Durant goes nuts game tonight because there's no Kawhi Leonard out there to slow him down. There's no Kawhi out there to get in his face and to defend him the way Kawhi Leonard can, the way he can get into guys. It feels like the Kevin Durant goes nuts game. And then when that happens, everything that that kind of branches off of that happening, I think defensively the Clippers are going to be in a world of hurt tonight without their they got to Try, but you're the Clippers. You want to withstand that initial blow. The Phoenix is going to come out. They're going to try to run you out of the building. And if you're able to withstand that, and you know you get to, you know you, you get seven eight minutes into the first quarter, and you're standing toe to toe with them, that might be something for them to, to live off of. All right, uh, Mitch, you just popped it. Watch jump on the air and tell everybody what you just said. In my headphones. What do you got? Yeah, for me? I just saw Gerald Borgay was the first one to tweet it out for PHNX Sports. Campaign has been downgraded to out. Okay, for tonight cams out. No well, campaign okay. out. He will not play. No campaign tonight. I, I would have said he would have helped, but with no Kawhi Leonard, I think another game would be just fine for campaign. Got to get him back at some point soon, though. They do need his energy off the bench and his pace. There's no doubt about that. So you can listen to uh, our show in podcast form, if that's what you prefer. You can subscribe on your device, your iPhone, or your Android. You'll never miss any of our shows. The Burns and Gambo Show is brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com and start packing. One week from right now, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. The question is, is it for the third pick, the fourth pick, the sixth pick, the 11th pick? That's next, Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? And it is brought to you by Global Credit Union. Twelve branches here to serve you. Become a member today at globalcu.org. Three minutes to go in the first half, and the Sixers are beating the Brooklyn Nets 51-42. to So a nine-point lead without three minutes to go. They're going to get swept, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're going to get swept. I, I, I hate to say it because I... Because you love Mikel, Bridges. for Cam, but mm. they're probably going to get swept. I'm looking to see the box score right now, see who's doing what in this game. Uh, Brooklyn Bridges has 10 points, but he's 3 of 10 from the floor. Spencer Dinwiddie is leading the Nets with 13 points. Cam Johnson only has 4. Uh, for the Sixers, it's another quiet night for Joel Embiid. Tyrese Maxey is 3 of 4 from distance. He's got 15 points. James Harden has 12. It was a quiet night for him the other night, too. Um, but he has 12, and the Sixers are up 11 with a minute and a half to go. So, yeah, I think the Nets are probably going to get swept. And then later tonight, it is – this is tough. This is uh, – I I don't like that these two games are on at the same time because I really want to watch Sacramento-Golden State. I really, really do want to watch that game. Oh, you're the pit two, two TV I know, guy. But, but this is – you know, but then what's on the other TV? Because i got to put Diamondbacks baseball on the other TV, too. I don't know. I'm not a three TV guy. You got room for Avs Kraken in there? <laughs> I'm not watching Avs Kraken Look, you're tonight. up at the crack of dawn. Just tape one and watch one at 6 a.m. with your black coffee, man. <laughs> weather's nice, right? Is it your, your big weather's nice in the morning, guy. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, so which one do I record then? 
and watch in the morning with my black coffee. I would say you record the Sacramento Golden State game. Okay. And you watch your local black teams. What? Large black coffee. Do you mean a venti? No, I mean a large. <laughs> venti. That's 20. Trenta. Uh, 30. Quaranta. 40. Cinquanta. 50. What movie is that from again? What is it? It's uh, Role Models. Role Models, that's right. Say Santa. <laughs> All right, so that's on tonight. Diamondbacks baseball is on tonight as well. The first of four against the San Diego Padres. And then, of course, the Suns taking on the LA Clippers. That's on tonight. And then somewhere in the middle of all of that, you need to check out the new uniforms for the Arizona Cardinals. Those they are, ain't doing that. Those are dropping tonight. I don't care. You can put that on the third TV. I'm, I'm not watching that at all. You Okay, I get you don't care. I don't care. I just want you to acknowledge that people care. I acknowledge people care. Okay. People do care about that. I know. I don't know why, but I don't care. Sundra Unveil, I could care less. <laughs> You're such a grump sometimes. No, you know I don't that? care. Like, like I care about like, I care about Madison Bumgarner being in the rotation. I don't care about what the uniform looks like. Like sometimes I honestly expect you to come into work and you're just gonna like exist in a trash can like Oscar. You know, you're just gonna poke Why? your head. I'm not out. miserable. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> I don't care. Well, I don't know. Felici. Oscar seemed pretty happy too. Yeah, no, yeah, no, Oscar, right. Oscar didn't seem pretty happy. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm content. Like yeah. I'm not. I just like there are certain things. If I don't care about something, I don't, I don't care about the jerseys. Yeah. I, I'm so I know a lot of people do. I could care less. People do care. I, I can't. I'm excited to see him. You are. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, because I know why? that. Uh, why? Why? Because one, like a room that needs a fresh coat of paint, the Cardinals have needed a fresh coat of paint for a long time. Like you ever paint a room in your house? You ever look at a room in your house? And go, man, we really need to paint this room. We've had this room has been this color for a long time. You ever no. do that? No, never. You've never painted no, your I house. Bet, listen, you know when when when. Me and Chelsea got married. The house was very, you know, beige and darker colors. And she walked in. She goes, it looks like a 50-year-old man lives here. I'm like, yeah, one does. So so Chelsea appreciates. Changed A everything. room that needs. Changed uh, everything. Okay. Yeah. Everything. That's what. White, the- white, white, and brighter color. Lights, grays, and yeah. I, I mean, you, you watch HGTV? Yeah. What, do you think they just leave the walls the same colors the whole time? No. They, they let's paint this this and let's paint we gotta redo this room. Yeah, so we, we gotta, gotta renovate this house and we got that's the New Jersey. So I'm excited about it. You, you can be as however Is you want to be about it. More football games? No, but then I don't point. care. But that's not the point. Sign a player. I'll care. That's not the point. Sign a player. This is do something, something with Buddha. This is something Trade the hop. fans have wanted for so long now. Yeah, I just want to win I football hope games. The payoff is worth it for everybody. I don't know if it's gonna be. I hope the payoff is worth it every because the fans have been clamoring for this for. Well, I will say so this based long. on how crappy the football team is right now, they deserve something. So give him that bone. So long. I mean, I I hope for the fans that this scratches the itch because the fans have been itching for a new uniform for the Cardinals. Yeah, for okay, 10 right. Years. But if we're on a seven game losing streak in in you know this season, like, hey, the Cardinals. But look at these digs I got. You see these? <laughs> yeah, but the Cardinals have lost seven rows. So what? Look at his new uniform. Is it as sharp? Like, I don't care. <laughs> Such a grump sometimes. Really, I am really trying. Like, yeah, I just, just like, I'm such sorry. a such like, a grump. All right. So one week from tonight, it's the NFL. I want to get off this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, one week from tonight, it's the NFL draft. Um, Cardinals stay at three. Cardinals move down small. Cardinals move down big. Those are the three options. They were painted. Uh, the, those options were spelled out by an article in the Ringer today. And it, it, it's yes, that is the that is the question we're all asking ourselves. Do the Cardinals stay put? Take Will Anderson? Is he there at three? 
Do the Cardinals move down small, like in a trade with the Colts or with the Lions or the Raiders, or do the Cardinals move down big, like in a trade with the Titans? Those are their three options. Well, we'll know a week from now what listen, they do. They mentioned they mentioned the one big trade down, and the comparison is the 49ers and Lance and giving up three first round picks. Now, I don't, but they also mentioned, look, you move you move outside of the top ten, you're going to pass up on some really good prospects. Like, you know, the pickings start to get a little bit slimmer. The best players, a lot of the best players are gone by pick 11 or 12. There's still a lot of good players, but, you know, guys who they project to be great, you know, the best quarterback will be gone. The best offensive lineman will be gone. Two of the best edge rushers will be gone. So to move down and give up that ability, it's got to be worth it. Now, it's not like it's a, it's it's only, there's a gray area here. It's worth it if you get a haul. It's not worth it if you don't. You're not trading down just for the sake of, I want to get out of three because they don't want to pay the guy and they want a couple extra picks. It's got to be a slam dunk trade in which they get three first round picks. I mean, I hope for the love of God they're not doing it if they're not getting a haul. Right, like, like I mean, if you're not getting a haul, then don't do it. Right, right. only do it if you are getting a haul. I, I mean, it's that. That to me is is like. I, I guess it's so obvious we need to say it, but let's say it. Like, if you're contemplating a trade down to number 11 and it's not a Trey Lance type deal, then don't do then it. You don't do it. That's it. Then, yeah. that, that's it. But then pick a great, but you've got four picks in the top 100, right? They got two in the third round. Four in the top 96, I think. Okay, they, yeah, got, yeah. they got a second round pick. Look, if you trade hop and you get a, say you get a third. I got a first round pick. I got a second. I got three thirds. Say you get a third for Hopkins. Now I got four picks in the top 100. I like that's a like to say because everybody's like, oh, they need all these picks. They you've got four picks in the top 100 to help yourself. You've got your first round pick next year, which may be the number one overall pick in the draft based on how bad they're going to be. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just thinking more zoom out than even that. Like I'm thinking about having two first round picks next year, and, and I'm thinking about having two first round picks the year I after that, and I'd love and, that. And I'm looking at a roster, and I think I don't know what platform he was on today, but Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network, he said, "Look, I'm not trying to be mean here. This is the there is this this roster doesn't have any talent on it." <laughs> Talk, talking about the, I don't know, I have the, I don't want to butcher the quote because I want to make sure he's properly cited on this one, but I, Daniel Jeremiah uh, called it a no brainer for the Cardinals to. Try trade down from number three. Quote, I don't want to be overly harsh, but in my opinion, I think they have the worst roster in the league right now. Close quote. When you've got professional personnel people saying that about your roster, you're you're not a Will Anderson away from being great. I know you know that, uh-huh. but you're you're not four picks in the top ninety six away from making it good again. This is this is gonna be a process and one that you can really do well by yourself if you have multiple first round picks over years, so that you can really truly, if you draft well, build this right. That's look, that's what we all want to know, right? Like at this point, free agency was a complete and total disaster for the Cardinals. Nobody denies that. The Buda Baker trade request is an absolute disaster for the Cardinals. What we still don't know, how good of a drafter is Monty Austin Fort? How good of a drafter is Dave Sears, his new assistant general manager there, right? We we have no reference point for them as drafters. And and I mean with as many picks as they could have the next three years, I hope they're good at it. They need to be good at it because that's the path for rebuilding anything that's as messy as the Cardinals are right we now. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, listen, you can't. Nobody likes what the Cardinals have done so far in the off season because they haven't done much except lose good players, um, and that's on Monty. And then have your star player to say he doesn't want to be here anymore. I mean, it's been really bad so far. 
Um, is that a reflection on Monty Austin for it? Possibly. But I think if Monty nails the drafts, then a lot of, you know, a lot of the negatives are going to be forgiven. You know, nail the draft, get good players, do it again next year. You know, then you'll have a team that can win. Register to win tickets to see Foo Fighters October 3rd at Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. You'll get event details and your chance to win. Diamondbacks made a move today. It was a big move, but it was one that needed to be done. They also have to focus on a very significant return to Major League Baseball tonight on the opposite side of the field. We'll get you ready for Diamondbacks baseball next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. We're checking in on the Diamondbacks as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by Sonic Drive-In. Drive into your nearest Sonic location for the Super Sonic Double Stack Cheeseburger. For a limited time only at Sonic. And by 72 Sold. 72 Sold. Get a higher price for your home. Diamondbacks on deck as the Diamondbacks open up a homestand tonight with the first of four against the San Diego Padres. Look at that. Getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back tonight. Suspended for performance enhancers. 563 days he's been out. He's been, uh, he's in the lineup. He's batting a leadoff. He is playing in right field tonight. San Diego Padres get the big full Effects of their roster and the money they've spent on that roster starting tonight with Tatis Jr. Yes, he uh, returns to the major leagues first time in 563 days. Last played on October 3rd, 2021. Served his 80-game suspension that began on August 12th, 2022. He started the year with 20 games remaining on his suspension, having served 60 of them, and now he is able to come back. And uh, you know the Padres, you know they've snapped a three-game skid. They had a great win over the Braves yesterday. The D-backs are uh, 11 and 8. The Padres are 9 and 11. So, an important... Look, we're not going to see as many of these teams in the West anymore with the schedule. So, these games hold a lot more importance than maybe they used to be when you were playing them 19 times. They've already played two games against the Padres, four more here. That's six. They play a total of, what, 13 against the Padres? So, you've got seven left of the San Diego Padres after this series is done. It's crazy to think about it. Now, additions and subtractions, kind of the theme of this Diamondbacks on deck, because obviously for the Padres, it's the addition of Tetsis Jr. For the Diamondbacks, it's the subtraction of Madison Bumgarner. Uh, yesterday, we had speculated strongly that this might happen. This morning, it did. It was announced the Arizona Diamondbacks have designated for assignment their starter, Madison Bumgarner. It was time. It was time. I mean, they gave him, you know, three starts. He wasn't any good, uh, really struggled, and I think the Diamondbacks realized that we, you know, he's got an ERA of 10. He had given up 19 earned runs in 16 in the third inning. He was taxing the bullpen. And they just realized that they've got a team that can compete. They're 10 and 5 when he doesn't pitch. So, and they'd lost uh, three out of the four games he did pitch. Yep. So they needed to put themselves in a position to win baseball games. So if you've eaten that contract, I give him a lot of credit for deciding to do that and not taking the other approach. Would have been a phantom injury, put him on a DL or the IL, and maybe have him come back. In a, you know, a month or so. Now, this was the right decision. Cut ties, let him go. I was pleasantly surprised they did it this way. I, I really was just assuming they were going to come up with a phantom injury or that they were going to try to give him another start to try to milk this thing, be patient, kind of defer to the veteran in the room in, in Madison. I'm glad they didn't. 
Uh, I'm pleasantly surprised they didn't. I'm glad they just ripped the bandaid off. Now, Tommy Henry, he's going to be the one. He gets called up. He'll start on Monday. That would have been Mad Bum's next turn in the rotation. Yeah, there's no days off. And I, you know, I spoke with the Diamondbacks today, and I was just like, why the decision? Well, Brandon Fat is pitching today in Reno, so that's why it can't be him because he's pitching today in Reno. And then with no off days, when you look at the schedule, they don't have any off days coming up. So they're in one of those situations where, okay, they have to play every single day. So they have to have somebody ready. Tommy Henry will be ready. He'll pitch the next time. That's what's expected. Now, eventually, Fat could, you know, could, could take his place. But right now, Tommy Henry has actually pitched better than Brandon Fat in the, in the minors. So Tommy Henry will get the opportunity. Depending on what happens tonight, we might get into this a little bit more tomorrow. But I wanted to bring this up. This was from CBSSports.com. Four teams that could potentially look at Madison Bumgarner. Okay. I'm right. interested. Who are they? $700,000 would be the veteran's minimum that he could sign for at this point. They list four potential teams that could do it. Number okay. one, the Milwaukee Brewers, who are already without Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, who suffered a scare the last time out, though it looks like he's going to be fine. They're without Woodruff. They have a history of getting more from arms than the typical team, so maybe they would take a look. They're listed as number one. Okay. Number two, the New York Mets, which Ooh, okay. learned today Max Scherzer is going to be suspended after being ejected for the sticky stuff on his hands. He's going to miss 10 games. And a lot of injuries to their starters. Yeah, Justin Verlander's hurt. Carrasco's hurt. Jose Quintana's hurt. So they're another team as well. The team, oh, this this would never work. The St. Louis Cardinals Ooh. with Wilson Contreras after that. You imagine a battery wow. of Madison Bumgarner and Wilson Contreras after what we saw yesterday? Yeah, I don't think so. Man. I mean, we've seen, you know, crazier things happen where guys go, you know, guys go play with guys that they didn't like. You just got to make it work. But if you read lips and you saw the words that Madison Bumgarner just called Wilson Contreras a day ago, I don't know. Yeah, that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense. This one makes a whole lot of sense, potentially. The Texas Rangers, Bruce Bochy. Yeah, of course. Bochy, they had three World Series titles together, longtime uh, Giants manager, now with the Texas Rangers. Um, You know, so that would be a reason again. Now, they don't need a starting pitcher right now, but if they do, it could make sense for them to reunite Bochi and Bumgarner. I, all it takes is one team to say, "Look, for seven hundred thousand bucks, why not?" The you know the Diamondbacks are going to get stuck with the you know, vast majority of this money. Uh, all it takes is one team to say, "Okay, we'll give them a chance." But man, I, there's there's a lot of teams out there. Most of the teams in baseball are going to be like, "I don't want that guy." There's no way he looks cooked. He looks absolutely cooked. Yeah. But it just takes one. It, it just, just takes, takes one, one team. and 700000 is just not a lot. And if it doesn't work out, you really haven't lost anything because of it. I mean, who was the pitcher the Diamondbacks had last year that they gave a shot to when he was terrible? Of uh, Dallas Keuchel? Dallas Keuchel. Like, right? How many chances did Dallas Keuchel get to pitch? He couldn't pitch anymore. Yeah. But the Diamondbacks gave him a shot to pitch, and just, he was— Just takes one. Yeah, it just takes one. He was a really good pitcher for a, for a, a long time, Dallas Keuchel, with, with Houston. And then Atlanta, the White Sox, Arizona, Texas, he was terrible. All right, let's talk about our pitching matchup for tonight's game. It is Ryan Nelson. He gets the start for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's 1-0 with a 3-7-0 ERA. Michael Walker gets the start for San Diego. Yeah, Walker makes his first start versus Arizona since 2000. 
2019. He's also looking for his first win at Chase Field. He's 0-1 with a 4.61 ERA. And uh, so he is looking for his first win at Chase Field. So that'll be a good pitching matchup. The veteran Michael Waka against the youngster. Ryan Nelson, his last time out against the Marlins, six innings, five hits, one earned run. He didn't walk anybody. He struck out four. He was really good. He had 90 pitches on the day in that game. Your MLB standings, they're presented by Desert Wholesale Diamond. Desert Wholesale Diamond, honored to be a part of your big life moments for over 32 years. Diamondbacks, 11-8, and eight, still leading the National League West by a full two games over the L.A. Dodgers, who are 9-10. and 10. San Diego Padres, tonight's opponent, 9-11, and 11, two and a half games back of the Arizona Diamondbacks tonight. Yeah. tonight. yeah, good matchup. I mean, these games are utmost importance when you're dealing with teams in your own division to try and beat him. Bob Melvin, former uh, former uh, D-back skipper, has those Padres, you know, competing. They're, they're trying to overcome the Dodgers, but now here comes the Diamondbacks. They've got another team they got to deal with. All right, your injury list in today's injury report is brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Carson Kelly, Kyle Lewis, Zach Davies, Corbin Martin, Mark Melanson, and Cole Sulcer, the Diamondbacks who are on the injured list of right now. They got Mark, Mil- uh, not Mark Melanson, um, uh, Joe Mansupply back. Sorry, yes, two, yep. brain lock there for a second. Yep. Joe Mansupply is back for the team. He was activated, but everybody else on that list still out for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Right yeah, it'd be now. interesting to see when Davies is ready to come back, how they handle the rotation. With Bumgarner out, I always felt you take him out, you put Davies back in. But keep your eye on these youngsters, man. These kids, these kids are good. They got a talented pitchers, you know, in their system. If these guys get an opportunity and pitch well, I'm not sure that Mike Hazen and Tori Labello are going to send them back to the minor leagues. Yeah, a lot depends on Jamison and how he continues to evolve. And certainly Tommy Henry, will all, all eyes will be on him for his first start of this season when he goes on Monday. All right, tonight's game is on tap. Let's get you a key to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs, keys to the game. Driven by trucks only, the Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. All right, this one's easy for me. Fernando Tatis batting leadoff. He has a batting average of 515 in AAA El Paso this year. And check this out. In his final three games with El Paso, 11 for 16 with six homers. Mm. Yeah, got to watch out for the leadoff hitter tonight if you be back. Diamondbacks baseball is coming up on ESPN 620. We're out of here. Extended Suns pregame coverage with Tim Ring is next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.